0: Sportsnet today. I feel like I have to be way more hyped with this song. Uh, It's Sportsnet today. Josh Elliott Wolf. No Lena Satagian today. She is away. But producer Ben Bazran picking the music. Getting all the Canucks fans from 2011 hyped up. Getting really hyped up. Really hyped up. This is weirdly a really good intro song. You wouldn't expect it, but... Such a fire up. It's... So I got chills. Uh, But it is Sportsnet today. We're here from 12 to 2. Leading up to the People Show with Satyar Shah, Randy Chanda who will be on from 2 to either 5.30 or 6 today. And then you got the Seas game after that. Uh, Sportsnet today. Like I said, no Lena Ben, how are you? I'm doing
1: great. Happy to be here.
0: Happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Ah, any, <laughs> anytime. Uh, we've got a quick show today, but at 1230 Gary Gramling of Sports Illustrated is going to join. We're going to talk some football, NFL season, NFL training camps gearing up. Uh, we also want to talk a little bit about uh, who might make the playoffs, who might miss out on the playoffs in the NFL. If you have any texts regarding that, who might be a surprise pick to make the postseason, who might be a surprise pick to miss, text in 650-650, the Dunbar Lumber text line, the smart alternative. Visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. I have some hot takes about that. Ben was very confused about my opinions on who might make the playoffs, who might miss the playoffs.
1: There's definitely some question marks.
0: There's some questionable choices on my end. We'll get to that either next segment after Gary or we will do that at 1 o'clock previewing the NFL season. But right now, the biggest news is coming out, well, big news in relation to the Canucks, is coming out of Vegas, the Golden Knights. Uh, Reportedly, Robin Leonard, their goaltender, kind of their only goaltender, they have Logan Thompson and Laurent Brassois, but the guy they put all their chips on when they traded Marc-Andre Fleury is injured and expected to miss the entirety of next season with a hip injury, hip surgery So the big question that I think, and and I want to say this off the bat, feel bad for Leonard because he's had a lot of injury issues. For sure. It's tough because he's such a, he seems like a great guy, but has a lot of trouble staying on the ice. But from a Canucks fan's point of view, that is very, very exciting. Definitely. Because that means the one team, one of the teams that you kind of thought you would be battling with for one of those playoff spots just took a huge hit.
1: Well, I mean, it's basically, it, it kind of clears a pathway for the Canucks to have more of a chance to get into the postseason. And we saw what Leonard did to us in the playoffs and the bubble before. He can be a very good goalie. And with, you know, ready gone, but with Stone and Eichel being healthy, you know that could still be a very dangerous team that the Canucks have to contend with in a Pacific Division where we're not a clear-cut favorite
0: to yeah. make the playoffs. It is. So that's what I want to get into. I want to rank kind of where the Pacific Division sits now. With Leonard out. And if it really changes that much. Because I will say. Leonard only played 44 games last season. So he missed quite a bit of the season. And obviously Vegas missed the playoffs. They might have made it. They were three points out. They might have made it if they had Leonard. But that being said. Laurent Brassois and Logan Thompson. While not amazing goaltenders. They're playing behind a pretty good team. And so. Maybe it's a situation where you only need. Decent goaltending to make the playoffs. Um What I will say is my first thought was, okay, Leonard's out. They have Thompson and Boursois, but who could they target? And I think a lot of the main options that I saw going around were John Gibson out of Anaheim, which would be interesting, but I don't know if Vegas has the... I would say they have the assets, but I don't know if they have the cap space to make it happen. Uh, Just because when you look at where the Ducks are at, uh, John Gibson... He's getting paid $6.4 for the next five seasons.
1: I don't know if Vegas has the room to afford someone like that. I'm sure like it's a it's a very attractive name to be mm-hmm. put on that team.
0: It would be great if they could do it, but Don't know if they can. Yeah, it's just... You could maybe do it for a year, but you're going to put yourself in such a weird situation. And the Golden Knights are already so up against Cap, mainly because of their own... They're doing it to themselves. Like, Vegas keeps shooting themselves in the foot. Completely. And so now... Anytime they go into a negotiation, it's hard for them to have the upper hand because everybody points to their salary cap situation and says, hey, you kind of have to trade this person for whatever we want. And that's why Pacioretty left for free.
1: I think that Vegas is now kind of in a position where they they know they have a decent team, as you mentioned, in front of their goaltending. And maybe they just roll the dice with that and say, hey, maybe this can get us into the postseason just because we have a solid roster. Mm -hmm. But you have to imagine if they're trading for a guy like Gibson or... Or somebody else, they have to give up some assets and then your team becomes weaker. Like, what's that balance there? Yeah. Maybe it's not worth it in the end.
0: I would say, like, if Gibson was on a deal that maybe only had one or two years left, I would see it as a very real possibility. But the five years left, plus, like, you have to assume Leonard, though he is going to be out for, we expect the full season. He is probably going to come back next season, and then you're just kind of kicking the can down the road, cap-wise, to having to figure it out next year instead of this year. The other option I saw floating about was Semyon Varlama from the Islanders, who might be a little more realistic. He's 34 years old, but only gets paid well, only gets paid five million. That's it. But that's only for this year, so he's a UFA after this season.
1: See that seems more likely because, as you just said, Leonard's going to come back next year, and then he can get that five mil off the books. But we have to take into account: what are you giving up to get him? That's not coming back next year.
0: Here's what. Here's what I will say: There's a very obvious fit between the Islanders and the Golden Knights, mainly because so the Golden Knights need a goalie. Farlamov gets paid the the exact same amount as Leonard, so you put Leonard's cap hit on LTIR. You don't have to worry about. You essentially have the same plan if you have Varlamov in that as if you had Leonard in it. But the benefit to the Islanders is they need to clear a little bit of cap space if they're going to sign Nazem Kadri, They're going to re-sign Noah Dobson, re-sign Alex Romanov, and re-sign Kiefer Bellows, who, whatever. But they need a bit more cap space. And so this is a very obvious fit because Varlamov looked like Ilya Sorokin is the guy in New York. And so they can they can bring up a backup. They can find somebody that's very likely going to fill that spot. It could be one of uh, Logan Thompson or Laurent Brassois going the other way from Vegas. I was
1: just gonna say that. Why don't you put another goalie in the package to give him yeah. a backup? There so
0: it would probably be like a pick and one of their one of Vegas's two backup goalies going to the Islanders for Varlamov. To me, that would make a lot of sense. But who knows if that's what actually happens? We do get a text. The six fifty, six fifty. Dunbar, Lumber, text line Salmon, Northman, DiPietro to Vegas. I don't think Mikey DiPietro is better than Logan Thompson or Laurent Brassois. It would be interesting. Maybe Vegas takes a flyer, but I don't, it, it's so tough to to see. You're
1: not going to bet on your starting goalie. Like yeah, that exactly.
0: Like, I don't even know. Even if he went to Vegas with all this goaltending issue, I don't think he would play NHL games this year. He would probably. I think he still makes more sense going somewhere where they need an AHL goaltender, and they don't really have too many guys in the pipeline, and so they just want to take a flyer on somebody like Mikey DiPietro, who might make sense in the long term. Uh, we get another tech shooter tutor Tyler Connor Hellebuck could get a massive haul from Vegas again. He yes, could,
1: but that kicks the can down the
0: road. Exactly, what, what
1: happens when Leonard comes back? If they're, if,
0: yeah, if and I would say if you're able to get Hellebuck or Gibson to an extent, you're trading Leonard next offseason because both of them are better than Robin Leonard. Um yeah, Exactly. But it's I don't know. It, it's weird because Vegas they always go after people that I'm like, no way Vegas could do this and then they do it. So who knows? Maybe Connor Hellebuck is someone that Vegas could target, but realistically I don't think that's gonna happen. But what I wanted to mention as well is, so, where does this put Vegas in the playoff conversation, especially in relation to the Canucks and the Pacific Division, and where that all sits?
1: Why don't you give me what you predict yes. will be the rankings in Pacific?
0: Okay, so let's start from the bottom.
1: Okay, I'll so, do it with you.
0: Okay, so what I'm going to say is the San Jose Sharks are not going to make the playoffs. Bit of a hot take. Wow. Scor- <laughs> <Yeah>. Scorching time. <laughs> I'm a- Going off the board. So, the San Jose Sharks, not going to make the playoffs. Another team, I think, are very much not going to make the playoffs. Seattle Seattle Kraken. Mm -hmm. So, there's two teams there that I don't think any team is worried about. Then, you kind of get into the conversation of teams that could maybe make a run, but I don't really think will make a run. It's only one team, the Anaheim Ducks. Totally. Who...
1: They Look, kind of got hot last year. They were in a spot for a while last year. They have some good young talent.
0: Mm-hmm. I but, just
1: don't see them consistently putting together an 82-game season in this division and getting out of it.
0: Yeah. They they very much petered off at the end of the year. They finished with 76 points, which I think That's was lower than... a nice way to lower say it. Than Petered off. Petered off. <laughs> uh, they finished one point below San Jose, which is surprising to me. But anyway, uh, Anaheim... I will say they do have quite a bit of cap space, though. So maybe closer to the season, they strike on a team that's just trying to get rid of somebody. But I think all those opportunities have kind of passed. They do have $18 million in cap space, though. So, so keep, in, keep that in mind. Maybe they make another addition. But I just I think they're kind of waiting it out a little bit more. So Anaheim, I'll say, will finish fifth in the Pacific Division. Or sixth, sorry. And then then you get into the conversation where I think the Canucks are at the maybe maybe not, yes, and so a lot of this depends on I'm gonna go ahead and say, and Vegas is in that
1: conversation too.
0: Vegas is in the conversation, so what I'm gonna say is, let's assume the Pacific Division gets one wild card spot, maybe one of the predators or stars kind of falls out. I don't know if that will happen, but let's For the sake of the argument, assume the Pacific Division gets one of those wildcard spots.
1: So it's going to be between Vancouver, Vegas, and LA. Yes. I'm going to say that.
0: Yes. So the Golden Knights, Kings, and Canucks.
1: So I think that the Canucks are better than LA. I think LA's got a ton of good prospects, a ton of good young talent. Their system looks great. But for one season, I'm going to take the Canucks. Vegas, to me, gets complicated. Because if they don't have their goaltending fixed, they're going to have... We got a text in here um, unsigned. Last season, Vegas allowed 244 goals against, fourth in the Pacific. That's going to get worse this year. They will have to score over 300 goals this year to squeeze into the playoffs.
0: And they lost Max Pacioretty.
1: And they lost Max Pacioretty.
0: Who only... Here's the other thing that I want to mention. We talk a lot about Vegas and how they missed the playoffs last year and how maybe that means they're not a good team. Max Pacioretty played 39 games from them last year. Mark Stone played 37. Jack Eichel played 34. So all of them played less than half the season. Obviously, you're missing Max Pacioretty. He's gone. Good math. Yeah, thank you. Uh, But you you have to assume that Stone and Eichel are going to be, and maybe they won't, but you have to play under the assumption that they're going to be healthier. Maybe not play the whole year, but play more than half the season. And that's going to that's going to really boost their goal totals. I will say it's not... It's not unlikely that Mark Stone doesn't help on defense either. Like, he's a really good defensive forward. That might help stop some of their their issues in net. But realistically, like, it's still going to be, as of now, Logan Thompson or Laurent Bressois in net. So how much is he really helping on his own? Their defense, while I like some of the guys, Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo, a lot of their guys on defense are offensively inclined, namely Theodore and Petroangelo.
1: Especially the two guys you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: So they're, they're, one of them, or a lot of the Vegas defensemen are going to have to focus a lot more on defense if they're going to be having one of Thompson or Brassois, or both, in that throughout the season.
1: And I think that's, you, you kind of hit it right there, is we, we know the Canucks have a weaker defensive core. Mm-hmm. But we also know Thatcher Demko's back there. And he is an all-star caliber, potentially Vesna candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you have that back there, it kind of gives you some peace of mind as a team that you don't have to go out there and score five goals a game to win a hockey game. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah. th- that that plays a part for sure.
1: And it definitely does. And that, I think if Vegas doesn't get their goaltending situation fixed, I'm very much inclined to give the Vancouver Canucks that one potential wildcard spot.
0: The edge. Yes. So you would say the Canucks would finish ahead of the Kings and the Golden Knights. I do think that. Okay. What I'm going to say... Maybe
1: that's a homer take, but I
0: actually believe it. Oh, and sh- do we also both agree that the Flames and Oilers are going to finish top two?
1: Yes, and I think okay. people are kind of... I don't want to say writing off the Flames, but given all the drama and what's happened this off season with Kachuk and Goudreau and them leaving and then Huberto coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, We were talking about this before the show, but they still have a very, very good team. They have Pani, They have, you know, they, they have Lindholm. Uredo, Lindholm. Like they are, they have great defense, and they still have Markstrom back there, who was a Vesna candidate. So, mm-hmm. and they have Bre- uh, Brent Sutter, who's er, Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter. Sorry, Daryl Sutter. Darryl Sutter. Darryl Sutter.
0: Yeah, bad. who very much so. He very much plays into the way they're probably going to have to play this the year. The
1: exact way that they want to play. Yeah.
0: So they have my thing with the Flames is. If they had lost Goudreau, like they obviously did, and Kachuk for, let's say they traded Kachuk for Futures instead of what they got from Florida, which is Huberto, Uyghur, and a couple Futures as well, then I would have said, hey, Calgary might be in... I don't think I would have said they would have missed the playoffs, but I would have said, hey, they're in that conversation with the Kings, Golden Knights, and Canaan. So
1: the maybe-not-maybe.
0: Maybe. The maybe-not-maybe maybe pile. <laughs> yeah. But they got Huberto, who I think fills the, the spot Goudreau left, they're still missing a Kachuk which is a big which is a big player to miss but in the end it's only one player and I think their defense got better. They lost good Branson, but they added weaker.
1: It's going to be really hard to score goals against that team given the system they play the defense and the goaltending they have. It's going to be hard to put pucks in the net against them. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're absolutely top 2. I think I mean I'm going to have the Oilers at number 1 just because you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl, yeah. they're going to score. And
0: they him. added Jack Campbell, yeah. who, look, I, I have question marks about, but he's, he's better, better than better Mike Smith. Better than Mike Smith. That's the, that's the bar, Kaskin. and he cleared it. Yeah. It's uh, a pretty low bar. <laughs> yeah, but he did it. <laughs> uh, So, I think when it comes to the final standings, if I was to lay it out right now, I think I would put Flames first, Oilers second. Just because I think the Flames have better defense, I think they're... Their offense, while it is lessened, I think Daryl Sutter is going to figure it out, and they're going to have a pretty similar, maybe not as elite year as last year, but they're going to make the playoffs pretty comfortably. The Oilers, I would put in second, maybe right on the heels of Calgary. Then, I would put the Golden Knights.
1: So you're taking Vegas over the
0: Canucks. I'm taking Vegas over the Canucks, and I know that's going to irk a lot of Canucks fans because you look at their roster and how much they've lost, and now they've lost Leonard, and... You, th- you say, hey, the Canucks were only two points behind them last year. How are they not going to leapfrog them?
1: Because we were healthier than them.
0: The Canucks were healthier than the Vegas Golden Knights. And Demco, they rode Demco quite a bit. I do think the Canucks will make the playoffs if they can get that wild card spot, though. If the Pacific Division does end up getting a wild card spot, I think the Canucks are that team that forces it. And I think the Kings, while they, while I'm not betting on them to make the playoffs, I think they are very much right on the heels of the Canucks, and I wouldn't be surprised if any of those te- any of those three teams swapped. Like I would say, the gap between the Kings, Canucks, and Golden Knights, five to ten, or five to seven points from the third place to fifth place in the Pacific.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say five points. Yeah, it's really close. It's
0: going to be very, very tight.
1: So I have a question for you, Josh. Shoot. Is that good enough? Should Canucks fans think, you know, and text in to our text line. 650-650. 650-650. Text in. Is this good enough? Are We're talking about them maybe making the playoffs, maybe not being in a five-point area with the middle of the pack in the Pacific. Is that good enough or should we expect more? You know, this front office obviously inherited a bit of a tough situation little is it, bit is, is this a timing situation like you look at la we're talking about how la is totally on the come up and mm-hmm. has a great future ahead do we have a great future like what is should we be satisfied should canucks fans be satisfied with what's going on right now in the city with this franchise
0: my immediate answer to that would be yes but it depends on how long this continues for and that the the thing is we haven't seen patrick alvina and jim rutherford put their stamp on the team yet I know the morning show with uh Dan Riccio and Jamie Dodd this morning was talking about giving ratings to the front office so far and how they've done I just think it's too early and a lot of it is going to depend on the JT Miller situation if he gets resigned if he gets traded if they just start the year with him on a one-year deal and see what happens that's probably worst case scenario in my opinion and I start to sour on the front office a little quicker quicker if they head into the season with this not figured out. By all accounts, it seems like it might not be figured out. Maybe maybe that's fine. Maybe by the end of the year, we look back and say, hey, maybe that wasn't as big of a concern as we might have thought. But I think they need to make a decision one way or the other by the start of the regular season, if they're going to sign it, extend him or trade him. And then that's really going to start how we really going to Initiate how we start judging this front office.
1: I have to think too for, for a team. It must be. It would be really hard to start a season, kind of in limbo of not knowing whether one of your best players is going to leave halfway through. It'd be kind of nice knowing. Okay, this guy's here. He's gone, and this is the group we have. And you look around the locker room. This is the group we have. This is our goal. This is what our goals are. Let's work towards that. Whether when when people start and trade talks are up and people you know potentially leaving. That's got to be very difficult on the morale and the group dynamic.
0: Mm -hmm. I want to read a few texts here. So we have one unsigned. Calgary could be the best team in the Pacific again, but they could also be a good candidate for the team that takes the biggest step backwards in the NHL. So many players had career years last year and could come crashing back to reality. That is true. A lot of their players really outperformed what we expect. I mean, Erica Branson had a good year in Calgary last year. Who would have expected that? He got a four-year contract because of it. Uh, so, yeah, that's true. I could also see Calgary, while I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs, I could see them, if some of their players come back down to earth, like that texture said, I could see them maybe just making the playoffs. Uh, another text, Kurt from Ladner, Kuzmenko, Podkolzin, and Hoaglander step up. PD has a great full season, and then I believe the Canucks make the playoffs. That's fair. If all those things go according to plan, Kuzmenko, Podkolzin, I'm a really big believer in Hoaglander. I think a lot of last year was a sophomore slump, but we still have to see it. We still have to see him prove it on the ice. And Patterson put up a full season of what he did for the second half of last season. If all that happens, though, I agree. The that's Canucks, a
1: very optimistic text by Kurt from Ladner, though. Like yeah.
0: That's a lot of things going right. That's four things going and right. And
1: that's expecting you know Quinn Hughes to still be as great as Quinn Hughes was last year, and Dr. Demko to be as amazing as he was to For everything to go right Usually doesn't happen For a sports team
0: No But that being said Other things could come Out of the woodwork Maybe some other players That we don't expect Have a great season Kuzmenko is still a huge Question mark to me I don't know if he's Going to be a top six forward Or a guy that we're like Remember when we were all Worried about where he would sign And then he did nothing In the NHL That could happen too Uh, But we'll have to wait and see This is Sportsnet today I'm Josh Elliott-Wolf Producer Ben Bazran Along with me, we're going to take a break on the other side. Gary Gramling of Sports Illustrated is going to stop by. We're going to talk NFL, what could happen this upcoming season, all that and more coming up next on SportsNet today on SportsNet 650.
2: Can y'all feel that? Can y'all feel that?
0: Sportsnet today, Josh Elliott-Wolf, no Lena today. The song in dedication of Lena, though? It absolutely is. Shout out, Lena. Shout out to Lena. Big Willie style. Uh, producer Ben Bazran along with us, though. Our elder, Lena. Spinning the tunes. <laughs> I would say you're two for two so far. It's just me ranking today. The
1: though. Where the Streets Have No Name was a huge hit in the text Yeah,
0: box. It, Well... You play that song or "Holiday" in Vancouver, people so, get punked. You Stole my next one. <laughs> you wow. can't go to the well twice in one day. Though. I would have, I would have given you a two for three on that.
1: I'll wait till next week.
0: Okay, know. sounds good. I appreciate that. Uh, we're gonna have Gary Gramlin join us. We're gonna talk NFL in a few moments. A lot of question marks going into the season. Uh, after one o'clock, Ben and I are going to, or maybe at the end of this half hour, we're gonna rank. What teams we think might make the playoffs this year that didn't last season, and what teams might miss the playoffs that did make the playoffs last season. So stay tuned for that. I have one very hot take that I'm going to pass along that may blow up in my face, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, Also, I wanted to mention my favorite NFL head coach right now, Dan Campbell. He gets me so hyped. Any, I haven't watched the first Hard Knocks episode. I've seen quite a few clips from it, though. A lot of it Dan Campbell-related. A lot of it Aiden Hutchinson-related, too. Uh, all of them have been great. I love Hard Knocks. But Dan Campbell, I would run through a wall for Dan Campbell because he gets me so hyped. Every clip I've seen, he just seems like the kind of guy that's that's a perfect head coach for a team like the Detroit Lions. But, well, it's, uh, let's welcome in Gary Gramley now. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Ggramling underscore SI. Thanks for doing this, Gary. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Appreciate you uh, taking the time. Today, I was just talking about Dan Campbell. I don't know if you've watched the first episode of Hard Knocks, but, uh, or seen the clips, but everything about Dan Campbell, every, going back to last year, just gets me super hyped up. I don't know how you feel about him.
3: Right, yeah, I I like Dan Campbell a lot, and he took a lot of heat for it was the it was the the kneecap biting was the phrase he threw out his introductory press conference. I mean, he said some things kind of tongue in cheek. That some people pick up on, some people don't. I don't think he's the uh, uh, <laughs> the kind of psychopath he plays in press availability sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I like him a lot, and I think his players really like him out there. I mean, that's a team that played hard last year. Obviously, at some point, they've got to start collecting wins. I think they might be ready to break through this season. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'd, give me Dan Campbell. I'll take Dan Campbell as the coach of my team any time.
0: Definitely, yeah. I was going to ask about the Lions. How... Uh... So they ended up last year, I mean, they they had that stretch to start the year where things just uh, were not going right at all. But could you see them, uh, where where do you think they end up this year? Closer to 500, maybe above 500, or kind of where they were last year?
3: Look, I I think they could be a dark horse wildcard team here. I mean, we're at that... Time of year where you're kind of squinting at all these rosters, and then you can be like, yeah, there are like twenty seven playoff teams in this league. Uh, injuries are going to hit someone. You're going to have some teams uh, fall off. Chemistry doesn't work, et cetera, et cetera. I like what they built there, though. I think the the defense is still a work in progress, though. Obviously, they took a step forward last year. I'm really curious to see what Jared Goff does with the upgraded weaponry they got there between Jameis Williams and uh, uh, DJ Chark there. I kind of wonder if Goff is going to kind of recapture his, his old cow form, uh, playing a more of a spread approach as opposed to a highly schemed Sean McVay offense. But they have some things. Again, you got to squint, and that's, you know, that's where we are right now. They're somewhere in that, I don't know, anywhere between 10 and 25 in the league. But uh, they're better than people think. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's a 9 and 18, 10 and 17, and a wild card contender this year.
0: But, oh sorry, my mic cut out there I would love to see it just for the story But as far as the uh, As far as my personal Hopes lie, I'm a Vikings fan So I kind of hope they don't steal any wins From <laughs> Minnesota, but that's why I want to stick in that division, how do you feel About the Vikings with Kevin O'Connell At the helm, do you think maybe they're A playoff team too, I think they're kind of in that Same discussion of like, squinting Maybe they make the playoffs, maybe they don't How do you feel about them?
3: You know, all of us who do this uh, this NFL punditry thing, we laugh every time a Sean McVay assistant gets hired and we say, oh, you got to do with standing or something. But there's no denying, pretty much all these Sean McVeigh <laughs> assistants have been really good head coaches. And I think Kevin O'Connell is probably going to be another one who becomes a really good head coach. They're in a bit of a – the Vikings are in a bit of a weird spot, obviously, where they're uh, – it's not a rebuild. I mean, it's not like they tore it down or anything. I don't know what the ceiling is for that team. Uh but you know, you, you got veterans there. You got Eric Hendricks to lead that defense. Obviously questions in the secondary. Uh and yeah, you know, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins, but he's got a really good group of skill position players around him. Uh they were in a lot of tight late games last year and uh it's going to be one of those teams that it feels like they are, you know, those coin flip coin flip games. They're going to play like half a dozen of them and if they win 5 of them, they're going to end up being a you know a ten win team, but uh, they're they're not going to catch the Packers. Uh, they're better than the Bears, and I think there's you know you'd probably give them a slight edge over the Lions going into the year here.
0: For sure, uh, I wanted to ask about the team a little closer to Vancouver as well, the Seattle Seahawks, who are going to have a new quarterback. We don't know who. A lot of the talk has been Drew Locke, but apparently at uh, at Seahawks training camp, Geno Smith has kind of been doing a little bit better. What do you think about the Seahawks going into this season, regardless of who they have at quarterback? Is it kind of a write-off year, or how do you feel about them?
3: Yeah, this is a tear down there. Uh, And and honestly, in that division, uh, I mean, those are three really good teams in that division with them. Uh, It's it's probably going to be an ugly year here. And I always wondered, uh, you know, how low can a Pete Carroll team sink? Because he has had some really untalented rosters over the years, uh, you know. If you go back before Russell Wilson, and uh, you know they they still won a lot of games. It's it's still a good program they have there, but uh, they're so shorthanded. And I think what you saw when Geno Smith played in relief of Russell Wilson last year. There were some moments, but overall they didn't really trust him to run that offense the way it you know is going to have to be run if you 're going to put up enough points on the board and obviously, they have some dysfunction on defense with uh you know Jamal adams didn't work out and the, uh the, they still haven't really found a pass rush since you know, the days of Michael Bennett and and Cliff Averill at this point. So uh, it's probably going to be a nasty <laughs> record for the Seahawks when it's all said and done, and you hope you restock next year. And certainly it's a uh, – I don't think either of those guys are the answer, uh, Locke and Geno Smith, but uh, it's a pretty quarterback-rich draft projected to come up here.
0: For sure. Uh, I wanted to also ask about the other West division, the AFC West, where Russell Wilson is going, the Broncos – a lot every team in that division, you can make the argument to me that they should be a playoff team. All of them yeah. might be a playoff team, but I kind of wonder if they're going to cannibalize each other and kind of take wins from each other. How many if you had to put a bet on one, maybe two of these teams missing the playoffs, which one, which one or two would you choose?
3: I know you figure mathematically it's just not going to be possible to get four teams in there even though it's literally possible since you have the you know the extra wild card or I guess it's mm-hmm. not really extra anymore at this point but uh uh I think the Chargers are the best team in that division. Uh we'll see what happens when they get out there. I do think the Chargers have surpassed the Chiefs uh and then you have the Broncos and uh, and the Raiders bring up the, the 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 quote unquote rear in that division. Uh I'm curious to see Russell Wilson. He he, he was not I know he was injured last year, but, uh, you know, and, and folks up there might know a little bit better. He just wasn't very sharp last season for, uh, for a large part of the year. Even, you know, if you get out of the opener, uh, and even before the injury, he just wasn't really his old self. They haven't really found it since that, uh, really that, that, uh, Collapse collapses overstating it, but they kind of recalibrated the whole offense after doing the whole let Russ cook thing for the first half of 2020, and it just seems like he wasn't the same. We'll see what he is under Nathaniel Hackett. It probably works out, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I don't think it's a, it's a stone-cold lock here. Uh, the Raiders are fascinating to me. I think the probably made a very big upgrade uh, on the coaching staff on both sides of the ball, with Josh McDaniels and Patrick Graham. Uh, and the thing I keep on pointing out to people who see them as something of a team last year is uh, they were historically bad in the red zone as far as defense goes, uh, and they still made the playoffs. And they're not going to be that bad again. They're not going to give up as many points. And that's, uh, I think that's a team that's probably better than a lot of people realize.
0: You mentioned the Chargers to start there and you said they might win the division. I'm I'm with you. I love Justin Herbert. I love the Chargers. I hope they do. I don't know if I would say they would win the division, but what makes you think that? Do you think the Chargers are just going to take that big of a step or do you think the Chiefs are maybe going to take a step backwards after losing Tyree Kill and others?
3: Well, I, you know, you don't want to get carried away with on paper, although I'm getting carried away with on paper here, but it's not just the talent they, they added on the defensive side of the ball. It's the fact that it all fits. Uh, if you're going to have JC Jackson on your team, you want him playing behind a pretty robust pass rush to take advantage of his, his ball skills and force some turnovers here. Uh, and obviously they have that, you know, they already had it with Joey Bosa and now you have Khalil Mack. And even if he's not what he used to be, uh, that's going to be a very, very, very good edge rushing tandem. Uh, I worry about the linebackers. I wonder if they'll get in on the Roquan Smith, uh, sweepstakes here if Roquan Smith is indeed going to make his way out of Chicago, but um, it just, it adds up, and look, Justin Herbert is I, in in my mind it's it's Mahomes and Allen and then after that I think it's Herbert as the third best quarterback in the league right now I'd, I'd take him over Joe Burrow uh, and I love Joe Burrow but Justin Herbert is something absolutely spectacular uh, he's going to win MVP awards and I think this is the first year where uh, everyone will sort of realize it in full
0: for sure and I wanted to ask about I, I'm not sure, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but the, is there one team that's kind of on paper getting a lot of hype right now, and maybe it is the Chargers, maybe it's a different team, but do you think there's one team that's getting a little overhyped around the league right now?
3: Hype is is tough. I, I keep on looking at the Bucks and... The one thing working in Tampa's favor is the NFC is just not... It's it, There's not great quality depth on top of that conference. I think they could have sort of a, a meh kind of year and still make the postseason, but I just wonder what's going to happen there. Everyone on the roster now knows the quarterback didn't want to be there. I mean, this is like, it okay. seems like Tampa was, like, his eighth choice, maybe slightly behind retirement at one point. Uh, I don't know how that plays out in the locker room here. I, you know, I, I do think Todd Bowles is a really good coach. I, I think they're going to be fine without Bruce Arians. who was kind of, if anything, just kind of in the way by the, by the end of last season. But I just wonder how that plays out for a team that obviously – they're talented, uh, they have the greatest quarterback of all time, but everyone knows he desperately wanting it out of there. And how does that play out when they when they get into the season here and when you get into the grind of the season?
0: Yeah, one thing I've learned to do is just never, I always doubt Tom Brady, but then he just he pulls through. Yeah. and it's, it's the worst, but also it's fun to see. Uh, Gary, appreciate you taking the time. You can follow him at ggramling underscore si on Twitter. Uh, thanks, Gary. Enjoy the summer and uh, enjoy the season when it kicks off.
3: You got it, guys. Precia- appreciate you having me.
0: Thank you. That's Gary Gramling of Sports Illustrated joining us. Hot take on the Chargers there. Hey, it's – uh, I I love I'm, it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm very here for it. You and I were talking pre-show, and we're both big on the char- – I think the Chargers are just a very sexy pick.
1: And I think Herbert could win MVP. He talked about multiple MVP awards. Mm-hmm. I love
0: it. Herbert's a guy where – It'd be the MVP situation that we see a lot in hockey, we see a lot in basketball, where it's like, mm-hmm. LeBron James was the best, but he wins a lot, so we're not going to give we're it to him. We're going to give it to somebody else. Yeah, Connor McDavid, sorry. You Let's were... give it to Derrick Rose. Yeah, yes. Uh, I could see it being like that, where maybe Patrick Mahomes, maybe somebody else had a statistically better season, but the better story is Justin Herbert and the Chargers making the playoffs. And also... Herbert's amazing.
1: Pretty bold take to say he's the third best quarterback in the NFL. Like we went through this a couple weeks ago with Lena. Yes. You know, there is a guy named Aaron Rodgers.
0: I would I would take Herbert over Rodgers.
1: There's a guy named Tom Brady.
0: I would take Herbert over Brady.
1: Right. So I don't know. I don't remember your exact list from two or three. I think weeks I might ago. have
0: had Herbert number three as well. Did you? Because I would go just off the top of my head right now, Mahomes Yeah, Mahomes, Allen, Herbert. Fair. And and look, you could throw rogers in the conversation i might could...
1: just need a bigger sample size before i do it that's is fair that, is that fair like i just need a little bit more
0: yeah and we might get it this year like you do have to make the playoffs if you're going to be a guy that I d- is top three in the league
1: i do wonder like he said you know the chargers could win the afc east i do uh, afc west pardon me i do think that you know you want to see how big an impact tyreek hill leaving kansas city has on that offense Because I just don't want to count out Kansas City whatsoever out of any conversation. Playing in Arrowhead is so tough Mm -hmm. and just no fun for anybody, especially when it gets cold.
0: I will say I don't. It's it's you're right. We have to wait and see what impact Tyreek Hill not being in Kansas City has. They did add Sky Moore, who by all accounts seems to be good. And I will say
1: deep ball threat.
0: Yeah, if you're. On the Chiefs and your wide receiver, you're probably going to have a good season because Mahomes is throwing you the ball. Well, it's just a it's a simple game
1: plan that I think, you know, growing up, we watched the Patriots do to perfection, right? You'd have guys—it was it was a three-weapon thing that the Patriots had. Randy Moss could go down deep, mm-hmm. Wes Walker could run an out route, and you have Gronkowski over the middle. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs have kind of done that, right? You have yeah. a deep threat, you have an out route, and then you have Kelsey in the middle. Mm-hmm. And losing that deep threat, you know, is Kelsey going to be more contained possibly? You know, what's that going to look like? But there's just still so many weapons on offense. Their defense gives me some questions. Yes. I would love to see a game between the Chargers and the Chiefs in the playoffs because that could be another Bills-Chiefs kind of 50-47 to game.
0: Yeah, any any game involving those three teams is going to be really exciting. Bills, Chiefs, Chargers. Going to be really fun. I... I just want to see how that division plays out because you could tell me, and, and look, maybe maybe this is too crazy and I wouldn't bet on it, but you could tell me the Chiefs missed the playoffs this year just because of how good that division is. And I would scoff, but I'd be like, you know what, I kind of see what how it could happen.
1: I don't know if I can see it.
0: <laughs> I I wouldn't bet on it, but let's say the Broncos have a really good year, the Chargers have a really good year, the Raiders have a really good year, and the Chiefs just finish, like let's say, 9-8. and eight.
1: Do we think that being in Vancouver we're a little bit too high on Russell Wilson just because the vast majority of people in the city cheered for him as he was a couple hours south of us? And we don't actually think about how good he is in compared to the rest of the NFL now. Sure, eight years ago he was great and had a all time defense on the other side of the ball mm-hmm. playing for him and a great running back. Is he is he still that guy? Like we're talking about Denver as being a threat in the AFC West, is he that guy that can take them to the playoffs?
0: Yeah, it's, it's tough. I like He's better than Drew Locke, that's for sure. Okay. But, but that's We're a, going with the bar being <laughs> low again. The bar, the, the bar is low. Uh, he's really good for four or five games every year. Like MVP level, four or five games every year.
1: So a quarter of the games. A
0: quarter of the games. Perfect. And then he either gets injured or teams just realize that good and they stop him i don't know right and i also think he gets a little too full of himself when he's playing at that level like he recognizes like hey i could i could win an mvp and then he tries to do too much and i think that could happen in denver again where now he's the guy whereas in seattle i think fans believed in him but they were also souring on him a bit um and eventually they kind of knew that he needed more help than he made it seem. And I would still say Russell Wilson's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, and you can definitely win a Super Bowl with him, but he's not the guy that's going to put you over the top anymore.
1: And I just think in that division, a text came in, let's quit this questioning of Russ right now, please. How can you ask if he's that guy? Who was the sole reason the Hawks were relevant once the Legion of Boom dismantled? Fair enough. That's a fair text, Mm -hmm. but he is 33 years old and he is playing in a division with the Chargers and the Chiefs. And I'm saying, I don't know if he's that guy that gets them over the top with those two teams.
0: I could see it being very similar to last year where the NFC West was a very good division. Wilson was very good and the Seahawks finished seven and 10. And I know there was other good enough. Yeah. There there was other things going on, but I, it's, I could see it being the exact same thing where the Broncos finish eight, nine. And Wilson had a good year, but it wasn't better than Mahomes, wasn't better than Herbert. And that's the kind of thing where if he was in a weaker division, yeah, 100%, I think whatever team he's on makes the playoffs. And he's a guy that looks really good because the team did really well. But he's just in a situation, again, where he's not even, he's like the third best quarterback in the division. Some, Some might argue fourth. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. But I wouldn't say that. Some some might.
1: He's third. He's third. And that's tough. That's a good division. Wow. That's going to be some good football.
0: Mm-hmm. I any any AFC West matchup is going to be must watch for sure. Uh, speaking of must watch, you know who isn't must watch? This is a bad segue. <laughs> you Know who isn't must watch? The Arizona Diamondbacks.
1: I don't think they are either. <laughs>
0: but but I am going to Arizona next month. I am watching a Diamondbacks game. They're playing the Dodgers. They are must-watch. They are must-watch. So I'm I'm happy they're not playing like the Rockies or something where it'd be... oh, Tickets would be cheap. Game would suck.
1: I think it's worth going to see a Dodgers game.
0: Yes. And uh, that's how you
1: should phrase it. I'm going to see a Dodgers game, but they're in playing Arizona. in Arizona.
0: Yes. I'm going to see a Dodgers-Diamondbacks game. <laughs> and it's going to be lots of fun. 650-650, uh, Dunbar-Lumber text line. I want your submissions because... Here's the thing. I'm going so I'm going September eleventh to September 15th, I think is the date.
1: Missing my birthday. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) I'll I'll have a have an Arizona drink for Arizona iced tea for you. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure it's great right from the source. Um, but here's the thing. I booked the trip and before I or after I booked, I realized September eleventh, that's the first Sunday of the NFL season. And then I looked. The Arizona Cardinals are playing a game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Must watch. Must watch. One hour after I land in Phoenix.
1: Tight turnaround. Tight
0: turnaround. We got a 7 a.m. to I think it's noon flight. There's a layover in there. I'm going with my girlfriend.
1: Wholesome. Yes.
0: I'm already making her watch a baseball game. Okay. And she doesn't mind going to baseball games because there's the atmosphere. It's fun. But she's definitely not a sports fan. Hmm. And so there's this Cardinals-Chiefs game, and I'm trying to figure out how to convince her to go to that game.
1: See, so the way you phrase the baseball game, I'm making her watch a baseball game. That that's, sounded bad. That's not a good start.
0: We're going to a baseball She doesn't mind going to a baseball game. Okay.
1: But she minds going to a football Have you dropped this idea to her yet?
0: I have. And she's like, well, we land an hour before the game starts. And I'm like, yes, but it's the Chiefs. What's the plan with the bags? That's the that's the other issue. So our Airbnb is about 10 15 minutes away from the airport. So that's not bad. So we probably drop off the bags around 12:30. We have enough time to get to the stadium. I will say that. There's enough time, but it would be a very very quick turnaround.
1: So you want our help of how to convince your girlfriend to watch
0: <laughs> yes. the 65650 six, Card- <laughs> Dunbar Lumber text line. Kansas City How Kings. have you convinced your significant other to let you, while on vacation, go to a sporting event that you would like to go to. I just need I need suggestions because, look, I don't mind if I don't go to the game because as I mentioned before, I'm a Vikings fan. They also play at the same time and if I don't end up going, I'll just watch the Vikings game on TV which is also kind of sad because it would be my first few hours of vacation, but whatever. I would watch them lose to Green Bay and be very fine with it. But, if I could get to the game, I would like to get to the game. So text in 650-650. Dunbar Lumber text line, how do I convince my significant other to get to the game? I like it. All right.
1: We'll brainstorm ideas in the break.
0: We we will. Uh, We are going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to talk a little bit more NFL. We're going to talk some maybe some hockey as well. We'll squeeze it in. We will see. Uh, We do want to rank what teams we think will make the playoffs, what teams will miss. We'll do that on the other side. This is Sportsnet Today. I'm Josh Elliott-Wolf with producer Ben Bazran. We'll talk to you on the other side. This is Sportsnet 650. Sportsnet today, I'm Josh Elliott Wolf with producer Ben Bazran, playing hot in here.
1: For the NFL season. Ray Lewis. Right.
0: Ah, I will say, it's not hot in the studio. I know a lot of hosts have complained about how cold it gets in the studio. They are not wrong. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Very comfortable outside the studio once again, in. It's cold.
1: It's cold in the studio?
0: Yeah. I'm sure it's the opposite. I know, like I'm in the you're in the control room, and mm-hmm. the control room is the opposite. It gets way too hot. Yeah, I got the fan going in got here. Got the fan on. Yeah, and here I need like a space heater. Also, there's just a chunk out of the ceiling right now. I'm looking at that. I don't know what's going on. There's ladders and stuff in here, cords hanging out of the out of the ceiling. It's confusing. Probably doesn't help with the installation scenario. Yeah. Um but it is SportsNet today. I'm Josh Elliott Wolf with producer Ben Bazran on SportsNet 650. You can text in 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text line. Text in your thoughts on anything and I will probably talk about it. Dunbar Lumber text line, the smart alternative. Visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Arbutus in Vancouver online, dunbarlumber.com. Before the break, I asked for suggestions. So many regarding my my trip to Arizona next month. As soon as I land an hour... Actually, let's rephrase this. After, half an hour after I get to my Airbnb, there is a Arizona Cardinals, Kansas City Chiefs, the season opener in Arizona. I could theoretically go to the game. I could buy tickets. I'd need to convince my girlfriend, though, how to go to the game. So we got a lot of suggestions. Quite, quite a few from the Dunbar-Lumber text line. Uh, here's one unsigned, break up with the girlfriend, bring a buddy, have an epic sports weekend. I think it's, it's, it's going to be, it's gonna, I'm going to have to pass on that one. I appreciate the sentiment. Oh, for one. Yeah. Oh, for one so far. Um, this one, get her a spa package for the next morning. Works every time. You should do the spa package too. For myself? Yeah. So I get both things. Yeah. Both. Well, I guess she would come to the game with me. So exactly. yeah. Um, And then there was a lot as well that said, just go by yourself. I don't know if I'm that guy. Have you been to a game by yourself before? I've never been to a game by myself. So I have. How was it?
1: Well, see, I love the NBA. Right. And so when I was going to school in Toronto, Mm -hmm. I would just, you know, go to games by myself. And, like, it was fine. Like I get my friends wanted to spend their money on something else, and this was my priority. And I would go and... And I'd, I'd love it, and I would get into it with the fans around me, and you know, you grab a burger or something and just <laughs> yeah. kind of hang out. It was a good two and a half hours for me. Like, I didn't mind being alone for because I loved it. That's fair. But that's... you aren't a Cardinals or a Chiefs
0: fan. That's the thing. If it was a Vikings game, A, I think I would be able to convince her to go because she'd be like, that's your favorite team. I'll go with you. Right. But B, I'd be like, I'm going regardless. It's happening. It is happening. We're in Minnesota for whatever reason. I'm I'm, in September. I'm going to a Vikings game.
1: Romantic couples trip.
0: Yes. Wow. Who doesn't love Minnesota in the fall? I'm sure. I'm sure it's not bad. I'm sure it's really cold. One texture
1: says if she goes, wife material. If not, meh. (laughs) (laughs) Tough, tough crowd there. (laughs) Yeah, it is tough.
0: I will say, like, she's going to the baseball game, and she enjoys going to baseball games. I enjoy going to baseball games. The and. I think if the football game was, let's say it was the Sunday nighter, I think it would be a much easier sell because I would say, hey, we got time to settle into the Airbnb. We'll maybe get some dinner before the game. It'll be a nice way to start the trip off, but it's half an hour after we land.
1: So there's one other thing I have to say, not in favor of going to the game, which I know is weird.
0: So you're saying we shouldn't go.
1: Well, this is just an argument why maybe not to go to the game. Okay. Aside from being rushed and all that, the NFL, for any texter, anybody listening, uh, it this, this is built for TV. That's the other it, thing. It's not built for you going to the game to watch it. You're going to sit wherever you're going to sit, and you're probably going to be more comfortable on your couch with a better view on your television. Mm-hmm. And that's and the way it goes in the NFL.
0: The tickets, while not crazy expensive, are pretty expensive because it's the season opener. And it's the Chiefs. And it's the Chiefs. And... We'd be sitting like upper bowl, like way yeah. upper bowl.
1: Because every season ticket holder is going to want that game. Yeah. Understandable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you go to a basketball game, baseball, hockey, it's night. You hear the sounds of it. You kind of, you feel like you're part of it, especially the lower you get to to
0: the playing surface. Mm-hmm. With the NFL, you, you kind of don't. And there's so much time in between plays and everything, which for, sure. for me, I would kind of appreciate because I could see what's going on. And I'm a football fan, but for her, she'd be like, why well, are we're here for like five minutes of actual game happening. What's going on? Which is fair. We'll, so we'll see how it goes. I have time. I have a month to go. Exactly a month from now, actually, is when the, the NFL season starts. And so this is Sportsnet Today on Sportsnet 650. I'm Josh Elliott-Wolf with producer Ben Bazzar. we want to talk about teams that might make the NFL playoffs this season that didn't last year and vice versa. Teams that didn't make the playoffs... La, or that teams did that make, did make the playoffs last that season won't this that year. won't this year.
1: There's a couple obvious ones.
0: There's a, a couple obvious ones. Uh, let's start with those.
1: The Pittsburgh Steelers will not be in the NFL
0: playoffs this upcoming So that's season. your your first bold, bold in quotation marks. I wouldn't say bold, but i say <laughs> they're not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> they are not going to make the playoffs. No. They barely did last year. Mm-hmm. They did because they tied a game at some point. Um, So good for the Steelers They made the playoffs They're not going to this year They don't even know who their quarterback Is going to be this year Is it Mitch Trubisky, is it Pickett Is it Mason Rudolph Apparently Rudolph has been the best quarterback Performing performing in training camp Which I mean That's a
1: really bad sign
0: Take it with a grain of salt But also if Mason Rudolph is your best performing quarterback Things are not going well You're not making the playoffs. (laughs) You're not making the playoffs. You're
1: out. Strike three.
0: That's, we'll say the Steelers aren't making it. What's one team you think will make it?
1: So the Chargers, as we discussed earlier in the show, Mm -hmm. didn't make it last year. They're going to make it. They might win it.
0: They might win the Super Bowl? Well, I think, I mean, like. They have a good shot.
1: They have a good shot, right? Like, if they get in and they get hot, you know, they have a very good chance. And they could have a bit of a, I wouldn't even say Cinderella run. The mm-hmm. Cincinnati Bengals last year had a Cinderella run. Definitely. I think if the Chargers have the right, you know, pathway, I want to say for lack of a better word, they could have a really good chance of winning this whole thing and I do think they're absolutely getting in the playoffs, even I in agree. that tough division.
0: I agree. So, I teased this earlier, my bold take in the AFC of team that will miss the playoffs. I'm agreeing with you on the Steelers. The other team I say is going to miss the playoffs, the Cincinnati Bengals. That, that's a really, really hot day. They made a trip to the Super Bowl, and they probably got a bit better over the offseason. But I think other teams have improved more than they have. And also, I... W- hold on. Hold on, Josh. Mm-hmm. The, what was their biggest weakness
1: last year? Defense. Offensive line. What did they improve most on this offseason?
0: Offensive line.
1: Okay. So the team that went to the Super Bowl increased their biggest weakness... Mm-hmm. And, sorry, they, 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 improved they improved on their, they biggest, improved weakness. On their biggest weakness mm-hmm. substantially. I just don't see how that lends to them missing the
0: playoffs. I Well, here's the thing. When I was mapping out what teams I think will make, make the playoffs this year, I found it hard to put the Bengals in there. I, I will, will say I think they're going to be right in the conversation, but I would put the Chiefs in the playoffs, the Chargers in the playoffs, the... Raiders are maybe to me. Too. I'm going See that was mine. I'm going to say
1: the Raiders are not going to make the playoffs. Okay. And they will be replaced by the, the Baltimore Ravens.
0: Oh, the Baltimore Ravens. So that's my team. So the Bengals won the AFC North last year. I mm-hmm. think the Ravens are going to win the AFC North this year. Okay. So let me just I'll run through the teams I think are going to make the playoffs and maybe that'll explain why I think the Bengals won't be in. Sure. So the Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, are all very clear playoff teams to me. Then you have the Ravens, the Patriots, the Titans, and that's six. So we're at six teams right now. And then you get into the conversation where there's the Indianapolis Colts. There's this with Matt Ryan now. There's the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm -hmm. There's the Las Vegas Raiders. There's the Denver Broncos. Miami Dolphins, if you're really high on them. And then maybe the Browns, if. This whole Deshaun Watson situation doesn't I think you just named six teams. Yes. So there's six teams that are going to be going for that last spot. In my mind, and maybe I'm super off, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals win the division again. But if I was to bet on what team might miss the playoffs, I would bet on the Bengals.
1: Fair enough. So, I, I mean, I'm just simply going of all the teams that made the playoffs last year are going to make it. Mm-hmm. except for the Steelers and the Raiders, and they will be replaced with the Chargers and the Ravens. Okay. I don't know. I think that just... Lamar Jackson is such a great talent. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know a that he has his problem. He's a unique talent, sorry. Mm-hmm. And I know that has his flaws, but I want to see him succeed. And like I, I kind of cheer for him. I don't know why. I have no affiliation to Baltimore. I have no allegiance there. But I kind of cheer for him. So I'm, I'm hoping that the Baltimore... And I think he's exciting. He's kind of an exciting brand of football. Mm-hmm. And I think the NFL needs that in the playoffs sometimes. You want those exciting games. That gets the ratings up. It gets the fans kind of going. So Baltimore, I want to see in. And then as we just said, I think the Chargers are an absolute wagon. And could really, really make some noise.
0: Definitely. Okay, so that's the AFC. In the NFC, if there was a team I would say will miss the playoffs this year, I'm going to go with... The Arizona Cardinals.
1: The team that you might see.
0: <laughs> the team that I might see. Kyle, maybe me not going will be the reason they don't make the playoffs. you Car- like, ah, Josh isn't here.
1: You should have had your game at nighttime. <laughs> yeah,
0: that would have solved everything. Or a Monday nighter. Um, But I'm going to go with the Cardinals, won't make the playoffs. I would say the Niners might be in that conversation as well. I was like, going to say was, the Niners. I would probably say the I would. I'm going to say the only team out of the NFC West that will make the playoffs is going to be the Rams. For sure. And then you have in the NFC South, you have probably the Bucks and Saints would both make it. Agree. And then the NFC North, the Packers. What about the Vikings, Josh? I would put the Vikings in there, but I'm also very biased. I would I would put the Vikings in, but probably like the last wild card spot.
1: I saw recently someone, you know, say that they think the Vikings are gonna win the NFC North. And I was like, wow. Josh would be so happy
0: right now. I'd be so
1: pumped. I just don't think it's going to happen.
0: I believe in a lot of things, but I do this every season. I get way too high on Kirk Cousins. I said it a couple days ago on The People Show, which is coming up at 2, by the way. The People Show with Satyar Shah, Randy Chanda. They are going to have on the show Chris Faber, David Pignotta, and I booked the show. I said I should know. Adnan Verk at 2.30. Of course. All right. So lots of talk there. That's coming up at 2 o'clock. They're on from 2 to 6. Right now, you're listening to Sportsnet Today with Josh Elliott Wolf and Ben Bazran. Anyway, the Vikings, I'm very high on a lot of things. I think Justin Jefferson, which I said a couple days ago on the People Show, I think he's going to be undisputed best receiver in the NFL by the end of this season. Wow. Which might be a hot... Well, probably is a hot take. That is a hot take. There's still Cooper Cup. There's still Devontae Adams. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. But also, how is he going to be the best if the Bengals don't make the playoffs? Am I right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It relies a lot on that. Um, so there's that. But I could very, like, they're going to be near 500. They're a very Minnesota sports team. The Minnesota Wild, they're average. The Minnesota Twins, they might make, they'll make the playoffs, but they're average. And then the Vikings are in that too. The Timberwolves.
1: Well, they kind of got better with Rudy Gobert, I guess, but they're kind of average.
0: Yeah. Minnesota has such a brand of sports, and it feels very Minnesota-y. Uh, they're they're going to win. They're going to be average. And then, so the NFC East, Cowboys Let's Eagles. Let's talk about it. Cowboys and Eagles.
1: So you think both get in? I think both get in. Who do you think wins the NFC East? Cowboys. Okay, I agree.
0: Mm-hmm. I just, I don't trust Jalen Hurts.
1: No. Nope. Do you trust Dak? I trust Dak. I like the combination of Ezekiel Elliott and and Pollard. It's Pollard. Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. The thunder and lightning between the two of them. I like that. That's good. Because Zeke can't play full time anymore. He's put too much on his body. He's got too much mileage. He just doesn't have the stamina for a full game. Mm-hmm. And when they have that combination going, and Dak you know, Dak can be good. That offense can be great. I'll say the word great that they can the be offensive great. line is really good right and they, and it's always kind of been for the last few years <laughs> yes I think the Dallas Cowboys will win the NFC East and then lose in the first round of the playoffs
0: uh, we get a text in donkey 49ers making the playoffs that's not me saying anything bad about the texture that's the texture's name donkey 49ers making playoffs Trey Lance is gonna make waves this season Debo, Kittle, and Mitchell in the backfield. Solid defense. They are playoff bound. I have a lot of questions about Trey Lance, And I hope he's good because he seems exciting if he works out. I just don't know if I would bet on it working out. Like, would you rather bet on the 49ers to make the playoffs? Or let's say the Minnesota Vikings? The 49ers. Okay. All right.
1: Because of what he just said. They have Debo, Kittle, and Mitchell. Like They have a great system already in place. They have a spectacular, maybe not spectacular, a very, very good defense. Mm -hmm. They went to the NFC Championship last year. They have the parts in place to do this. And Jimmy G, you know, we can roast him. We can love him. He's not exactly an MVP guy. Neither is Trey Lance, but I'm just saying that he can kind of let the system do the work for him.
0: He doesn't need to be amazing.
1: He doesn't need to be amazing. Trey Lance doesn't need to be amazing because you have all these right parts around you. I would bet on San Francisco over Minnesota. I'm sorry, Josh. That's fair. You know what? I'm biased. The NFC is weaker, though, for sure. Like, you just named 11, 12 teams in the AFC that could make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and the NFC, I'm like, I I hope seven make it. Who's going to make the playoffs? (laughs) Yeah. A lot of question marks in the NFC. We'll have to see how all that unfolds. Uh, 650-650, Dunbar-Lumber text line. We did get a text saying, Trey doesn't need to be great. He needs to be Jimmy-esque to make the playoffs. Like, Ben just mentioned uh, another one from Basketball Phil. Danny Dimes leads the Giants to the NFC East. His breakout season happens. Chargers are a sad, sad club franchise. Do not trust them. Their coach is an idiot. That's in reference to when they could have tied, but they didn't tie. And so they missed the playoffs. That's
1: a very interesting text from
0: Basketball Phil. The Giants making the, not even just making they're, the playoffs. They're winning. Winning the NFC East. That is very bold. I like it, though. 12 and 25. They're beating the Cowboys. Is They're what Danny Dimes has been in his
1: career. 12 and 25. Yeah. And his is. quarterback rating was what, Josh? 42.1? 41.5. 41.5. And Ranked that
0: was 22nd in the NFL last season. And that would be below average. That would be. Uh, I wanted to get to something else here. So tonight in Major League Baseball, it is the Field of Dreams game. I believe between the Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago Cubs. Of course, this it's the year? Has to be the Cubs. Has to be the Cubbies. But last year when it happened, and uh, it was the Yankees. Who were the Yankees playing against? They were playing against... I don't remember. Doesn't matter. The Yankees. Oh, I think it was the White Sox. They were playing That's against the White Sox. another classic yeah. matchup. Yeah. Sure. They were playing against the White Sox. I loved it. They all come out of the corn. They're like in these retro uniforms. Sick. It looked amazing. And immediately, the M... Major League Baseball won me over with the Field of Dreams game.
1: That's look, a movie I have seen, by the way. I have not. Oh, my goodness.
0: And I still appreciated it. Though. Wow. They're playing in a cornfield. How what? amazing is that? Can I give you homework? <laughs> yes, I will watch Field of Dreams. Because I meant to watch it last year after the game, and I didn't. But I wanted to ask the question to the 650-650 Dunbar-Lumber text line, how do you feel about the Field of Dreams game? And for me personally, I love it. I love the theatrics of it. I love that it's just a regular mid-season game. It's like it, It's like an outdoor game in the NHL, but they only do it once. And also it's a lot better because it's baseball and it's a lot easier to just replicate what you're doing just on a cornfield instead. It's great. Maybe it's the Chilliwack in me too. I'm from Chilliwack. I like corn. It um, <laughs> has a sweet spot in my heart. Uh, but I love it. And I would like to see more of it in other sports. I do wonder what it would look like in other sports. Like namely hockey, there's the outdoor games, but mm-hmm. it's always in a stadium.
1: Yeah, so what if you what if you did that on a lake?
0: On a lake would be cool. Because like they had frozen... the Lake Tahoe game, but it was beside the lake.
1: But let's play on Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's safe.
0: Probably. Well, I think You'd they have to be very, very sure about <laughs> Yes. They probably planned or did everything they could to maybe have it on the lake, but it, in the end, like it's going to be too choppy. It's not going to be NHL quality, but it would still be
1: really cool to see. That would be great. I mean, it doesn't have to be a huge lake, and I think part of the element of this is there doesn't have to be a ton of fans. No. There doesn't have to... Like, I know that it wants to be broadcast on TV, and that's kind of the whole part, like, point of this thing, but the other point of it is having that unique, authentic experience of the way people you know, who grew up playing this game, how they played. Like, imagine playing a game up in Whistler on, like, Green Lake or something. Mm-hmm. That'd be so be cool.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, as far as BC goes, and like there's probably, like, you could do it in Banff or whatever, too. But having an ice rink on a mountain with a mountain backdrop in Whistler, for example, because it's already a pretty touristy place, would be really, really cool. Yeah. And... That would be awesome to see. So that's that's I think probably the
1: players would love it too.
0: Yeah, that's probably the hockey. Equi- well, players get to spend a week in a Whistler. You yeah. don't think? Yeah, I think they might love it. Um, so that would probably be the hockey equivalent. It would be cool to see. I don't know. I feel like hockey faces the most challenges for sure with trying to do like an on-location game. The and surface. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's hard to find ice. I don't know. Um, it's melting. Yeah, at a rapid rate. There are some issues.
1: Sportsnet six fifty. The climate change. <laughs>
0: climate pledge. They should play at a climate pledge. Mountain. Hmm. I'm sure that's somewhere. It's not somewhere. Anyway, uh, so that's hockey. What would? So we were talking about this pre-show. You mentioned a, I think a really good one for basketball.
1: Yeah. So, for for any basketball fans out there, you'll know the name Rocker Park. Maybe basketball Phil has a thought about this, but if you did an NBA game at Rucker Park in New York, where so many of the greats not only grew up playing there and and playing street ball at Rucker Park, but now go there and there's videos of Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, Tracy McGrady going to Rucker Park and playing with the locals of just street ball pickup, uh, and there's people watching and it gets really hype and and the crowd there's an announcer who kind of does like really really hype play by play sort of stuff. If, if you did an NBA game at Rucker Park, I think it would be so iconic and so amazing. And, you know, New York is, you know, the home of basketball, I guess. And Madison Square Garden is the most famous arena in the world. But you're playing at Rucker Park on the street. And I think that'd be super cool. It would be a little bit tough because New York's not exactly the most amazing climate outdoors during the winter when the NBA season is on. Mm-hmm.
0: But we could figure it out. It would have to be an early or late season game. And they probably wouldn't do late because then you're... Talking about playoff Maybe like an October game. Yeah, like do an October game. It's going to be cold.
1: Wear a long sleeve underneath. Yeah. Welcome to street ball. (laughs) (laughs) I think that'd be super awesome
0: though. That would be really cool. That'd
1: be the equivalent of Field of Dreams or playing on a lake is is playing outside Rucker Park Mm -hmm.
0: in New York. That's probably, I would say that's the most realistic out of doing something hockey, football, as far as football goes, I don't know if there really is. I don't a place. know what a foot like. It's like a high school stadium with dim lighting, maybe. But even high school stadiums in the states, if you've seen these
1: stadiums, like they are pretty legit. Mm-hmm. There's no like, especially in Texas, right? Like that holds thousands, tens of thousands of yeah. people.
0: I went to Georgia for a week once for to visit my girlfriend's family, and we were driving by the stadium, and I was like, "Oh, is that where like a college team plays?" And they were like, "Oh, that's the high school team." I was like. Yeah, it's, it gets it's amazing. Um, so, yeah, they would have to find like a an old-fashioned high school stadium or something that's just kind of, it almost just has to be dimly lit, and that's the that's the vibe they have to go for. Just make
1: it as hard as possible. <laughs> yeah,
0: make the game difficult for them and hope they can do well. Uh, but, no, I think Rucker Park is probably the most realistic of the three of, let's say, high school stadium and football or uh, hockey on a mountain. Rucker Park, not only would it be the most realistic, I think it would be the most well-executed and it would look really
1: cool. Let's get Adam Silver on the show and be like, Adam, I got an idea for you. Do
0: you have his number? I'll find it. Okay. Let's let's have him on next segment to talk about it. I'm sure he's free. Um, text in your thoughts, 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text line. Maybe you have some other suggestions of where these fun outdoor Field of Dreams-esque games could be played. Could be another baseball one. Could be hockey, football, basketball. Send in your suggestions. 650-650. dunbar Lumber text line. We'll talk about it on the other side. We might also replay something from the morning show on the other side. This is Sportsnet Today with Josh Elliott-Wolf and producer Ben Bazran. You're listening to Sportsnet 650. Sportsnet today, Josh Elliott Wolf, producer Ben Bazran, really setting the mood for the last segment. Yeah. Trying to get me sad? It was a
1: suggested yes. tune, yeah. so I just went with it. I don't mind. I don't know. I went from hot in here to don't stop believing.
0: Fair enough. Don't uh, call me a DJ. <laughs> yeah, this is the last half hour of the show before we pass you over to the People Show with Saty Shah and Randeep Janda. You can get your takes in for Don't At Me early. Uh, I think they're doing that at 3.20 today. Also, Adnan Verka is going to join MLB Network. Uh, Chris Faber is going to join at 3.30. Going to talk World Juniors. Going to talk Canucks prospects. Faber's always fun. And at 5 o'clock, Dave Pinota of the fourth period. Also, it's Confession Friday on a Thursday. I did my first one of these last week. It was intense. It gets crazy. There's a lot. So uh, get your confessions in. I love seeing the text box. <laughs> yeah. I love this. It. It's just paragraphs of confession. I know.
1: You got to really weed out yeah, what you Yeah. And can you got to be like,
0: and some of them. You can't say. Some of them seem fake, but also almost to a point where it's hard to make up. You know what I mean?
1: But why, why would you lie to us? Well,
0: don't lie to us. For the for the clout yeah. of having your anonymous text read on a sports radio station in August. Who doesn't want that? Perfect. Uh, so text that in, 650-650, Dunbar-Limber text line, for the People Show, which is coming up at 2. But right now at Sportsnet Today, Josh elliott Wolf, Ben Basram. Before the break, we were talking about the Field of Dreams game, which is tonight in Iowa. That's where it is, right? Yep. Uh, just a field of corn. It could be anywhere, really, but it's in Iowa. Uh, between the Reds and the Cubs today, two very old teams, two very bad teams also.
1: Yeah, but it's the cubbies. Like You always got to cheer for the Cubs.
0: Yes. So, in the end, it doesn't really matter too much. Uh, but we asked, what would be a comparable for today's or for other sports? So, for hockey, for football, for basketball. I think Rucker Park is the main one for the NBA. That was submitted by producer Ben Bazran, and I th- I think it would be really cool to see an outdoor game in the NBA because they haven't really done anything. Never. Like, they just they play in their arenas and they sell them out. And... They'd start complaining about the wind and yeah. how cold it is. That's part of it, though. Street ball, man. Take the ball to the rack. Yeah. What if one player gets really mad, just walks off with the ball? I would be interested to see like how
1: certain people would be better at street ball. Like, I don't think Steph Curry is a street ball
0: player. But do they I don't think they change the rules. Like if you're no. playing street ball no, I just meant, on I your meant own. just
1: like it's it's definitely harder to shoot outside.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. You gotta deal with elements and mm-hmm. you're not playing on There's hardwood. no bright lights into your yeah. face though either. That's true. Well, well sure. I assume they'd probably set up lights for T V and everything. So fair. might be similar that way. Uh but for football it was kinda hard to think of one because there's no really historic place like the, well field of dreams isn't historic but looks really good on camera yeah. it was in a movie
1: right there's no movie about this in football
0: no well there have been there have been some football movies that have unique stadiums but nothing to the level of field of dreams uh and hockey we mentioned playing in whistler or something but we got some texts in so this one Alex from Richmond what about an NHL game at Arizona University? Oh they're going to be doing that 41 times this season. That's happening. That is happening. Congrats, Alex. You win. I, I would really like to go to a game at Arizona University because I think the atmosphere of just 5,000 people being there, really close and tight, would be like a junior game but with NHL-level talent. talent.
1: Is there NHL-level talent in Arizona?
0: Well, there will be a visiting team. <laughs> so at least half the players will be. Uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Would be fun to see, though. It would be. I Um, love that. I love this one. Uh,
1: Snoop the Dog. Eurotrip football game in the Coliseum. I don't know if the Coliseum's big
0: enough. No.
1: Would be fun, though. If you could do something in the Coliseum.
0: I mean, they play the games in England at, like, Wembley and stuff. Yeah. But that's... I don't know. I feel like it's meh. You don't really hear about it. They play the games very early in the morning, which is fair, because you have to do it for the people in England, but... They don't really promo it very well either. I don't know. I don't know. But we got another text. The Jays playing at Nat Bailey. Now that would be cool. That would be cool.
1: See, I I love that idea.
0: Yes. So I feel like baseball, maybe it's because of the romance of the game. It's just anytime they're playing at a place that's a little more like quiet. Intimate. Intimate setting. It's just very, it seems very fitting. And that's why the Field of Dreams games seems so fitting and just a, it's just like such a classic game that mm-hmm. when you play in an old classic
1: stadium I don't know I think that Bailey kind of has that vibe to it too of just like this is a ballpark yes I don't know if that makes any sense
0: yeah no it's old yeah, it's historic totally it's just in a neighborhood
1: yeah it's just <laughs> on Ontario Street. <laughs> yeah it so, would
0: be really cool lots of dingers there though I would assume there would be a lot of home runs mm-hmm would but that's fun. okay. The that's fans cool. would love it. That's part of it. I think Field of Dreams field is pretty small too. Hmm. Cuz they want balls hitting the, the corn.
1: corn. Yeah. Go find it.
0: Go find it. Um we got another text. Uh Chad the Eggman, could the NFL do a game on an aircraft carrier? We got another text saying I think the NCAA does a game on an aircraft carrier. So there
1: was a game with UNC. I don't know who they were playing. I want to say they were playing like Army, which would make not a lot of sense. But mm-hmm. North Carolina was playing in the game. Maybe it's UConn. And they did. They played in an aircraft carrier. That was a thing.
0: Right. That was cool. It's yeah. It's co- the the other thing I will say about doing an NFL game somewhere is there's so few games in a season that you can't really have one game be random. You know what I mean? That's Where, fair. I mean, okay. There are things out of your control that's happening.
1: Because every game matters so much. Every
0: game matters so much. Unless you do like two really bad teams.
1: Even the teams going to, you know, London to play oftentimes complain about the time change, the travel. You know, even though they get a bye week usually on one side of it, Mm -hmm. they don't like it. It's not home. Like, Mm -hmm. it's cool, I'm sure, for the experience. But one game for a lot of these teams is the difference between. Making the playoffs, not making the playoffs, getting your bonus, not getting your bonus.
0: A lot, yeah, Every single game matters right. for every single player. Whereas
1: for baseball, one out of 162? <laughs> yeah,
0: it's whatever. It's okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter too. We'll much. survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get another text. So they've had college basketball games on aircraft carriers. That's what it was. Yes. So, yeah. So it, it'd be easy to see how they could do an NBA game outdoors. But again, for the sure. NBA doesn't seem to be as interesting. It also has
1: the things. smallest playing surface. Yeah. Which makes things a lot easier. Could put it anywhere. Yeah. Well, within Whereas reason. Whereas football has the biggest playing surface, especially given that kicks gotta go a certain like a field goal. Like you're gonna put a net up on an aircraft carrier on both sides. Like it gets like it just
0: goes in the water. What if you missed the field goal? That's a goal? fish football now. That's hopefully the dolphins are playing. <laughs> <You> need- <laughs> There you go. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Well, <laughs> we'll end that conversation on that. Uh, so there's that. Again, you're listening to Sportsnet today with Josh Elliott Wolf, the People Show, coming up 20 minutes from now with Satyarshan and Randeep Janda. Uh, one more thing I wanted to mention is the World Juniors are going on. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, each Canuck prospect has played a game. So Yanni Yermo, Yonathan Lekaramaki, Jacob Trescott, have all played a game. None mm-hmm. of them have done anything super noteworthy. Otherwise, we would be talking about it. Didn't see anything that wowed me. No. But what I will say that was semi-noteworthy from the tournament is the announced crowd for tonight's game. Crazy, right? Between Canada and Latvia. Very crazy. Well, understandable, but crazy. Okay. 2,779 people is all that came to the game. Weird. Out of, I believe, so it's Roger's place, so it's around 18,000. 18,000, 19,000. Yeah. What I, what I wonder is how much of this is rightfully based on what Hockey Canada is going through right now, specifically related to things that happened at World Junior Tournaments, or is a lot of it, it's in August, the games are kind of in the middle of the day, no one really cares about what's happening right now. All the, the best prospects... That would usually go in December. Most of them are gearing up for their training camps. So that's why you don't see guys like Shane Wright there. Or Mason McTavish. Or whoever else. But that being said. You would assume that they would be able to get more than 2,800 people. Into an arena for a Team Canada game.
1: Yeah. that when I When I was watching the game here in the studio yesterday. I was baffled by it. Because I know that. There's a scandal, and I know that it's August, but it's Canada and it's hockey. and Mm -hmm. I thought there'd be a lot more people out there. What is there to do in Edmonton in the summer? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I think the answer to your question is it's a combination of both. And the people who are not going to games and boycotting watching this or going there for what Hockey Canada is going through, I totally understand, rightfully so. I get it. Mm -hmm. And I knew that there was going to be a cohort of people that were going to do that. I just didn't think it would be to this extent.
0: No, it it is cool to see if that is part mainly the reason. I would like to ask people. Yeah. We do, I am looking through some of the comments related to it and mm-hmm. a lot of people that say they were interested in going, the ticket prices didn't come down. So essentially go into yesterday's game, you might have been like, "Hey, I'll pay 30, 40 bucks for a ticket." It was still listed at around $90,
1: $100. There is also something to be said like about the being in August, like when when the World Junior starts, it's on Boxing Day. It's right after Christmas. It's usually cold outside, especially in the rest of Canada. There's snow. You feel like it's hockey season. You mm-hmm. feel all wholesome and warm and awesome inside. And it's oh, it's the World Juniors. Yeah, let's go support it's when the it's boys. supposed to be right. and yeah. it's like this is the perfect time. And it's just like you know, people have stuff to do in summer. Yeah, people,
0: but, especially in Edmonton. Right. I don't mean to crap on Edmonton, but like you're probably leaving Edmonton if. Or it's summertime. it's summertime
1: and you can actually go outside in Edmonton and do <laughs> yes. something that you yeah. want to do. Let's you
0: don't see. have to go from your house to the car to the rink back to the car no, to no. the house. You
1: can go golf or like go on a run or something.
0: Yeah. You other can, Edmonton uh, things.
1: Other activities. Mm-hmm. And That's not, fair. So I think it's a combination of both. But it, it,
0: it was very weird to
1: see because mm-hmm. it was Team Canada. And I get there playing Latvia and I wonder, okay, if they're playing the
0: U.S., Maybe it's different, Maybe. and we'll we'll see how it develops, because. But
1: he, I've been to a Team Canada Latvia game before, in Saskatoon, sorry. for a world, for a World Juniors. I was with <laughs> my family, and we went to a Team Canada Lafayette game where they're where the Saskatoon Blades play.
0: Yep. and it was full, and every, yeah, and they won sixteen to one. Smaller arena, but yeah, no, I get you.
1: But definitely more than two thousand people.
0: Yeah, that's, that's again low bar, <laughs> low bar, low bar. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, not just when Canada plays more notable teams, but also when you get to the gold medal game and stuff like that. Uh, it is Sportsnet today. I wanted to replay something from Halford and Ruff in the morning with Dan Riccio and Jamie Dodd. They had Whitecaps manager Vanny Sartini on, uh, to talk about a multitude of things. So here it is, Vanny Sartini from the morning show with Dan Riccio and Jamie Dodd.
4: Well I would say it means a lot as you said uh, we were in a little bit of trouble because at basically at the last moment the day before the game uh, we we had a kind of, kind of a bunch of positive case in uh, um, uh because of covid and uh, we had to change completely our plan in terms of line up uh, uh at literally at the last moment so uh, um, we showed that uh, even in the i would say in the difficulties, even when we have trouble, we we are able to uh, to perform, and we are able to literally put the the our hearts beyond any obstacles. So, I think that, uh, and I hope that it's going to be some a day that it's going to be like uh, really the final turning point that uh, is going to bring us, uh, I would say, new. Additional engine, additional life to the fight for the playoffs.
5: And, and a big part of that win was the uh, the tying goal scored by Simon Betcher. And you know, a, a a young player, a homegrown player who who might not get a ton of chances, comes on as a substitute and has that big moment. Uh, and I know it was set up by uh, another uh, homegrown player as well. Just going forward for the Whitecaps, how important is it going to be to continue to develop and and bring players like that, young players? Uh, who are homegrown into into the squad?
4: Um, I think it's uh, it's a uh, it's a key piece for uh, for we say the club that that we want to be. And uh, you know, this season MLS uh, introduced this uh, MLS Next Pro, this uh, competition for like a reserve league, a second team. Where, where our young guys that uh, graduate from the academy can have uh, quality games and. Uh, can be part of something that it's uh, um, high level professionally, and that's the reason why I would say that Simon and Ali, they were ready to, I would say, do you do their part in in the game. So um, we we want to, to let say put as many players that as we can from uh, from the academy to the to the first team, and having this uh, intermediate step now, it's uh, it's really helpful to. To make them uh, readier when when we need them.
2: Uh, you get the winning goal from from Lucas Cavallini last week. I know he won't be available for you this weekend yeah. on on yellow card uh, cautions uh, uh, accumulation. But um, it's it's really been a bounce back season for Lucas. His best season yet here in Vancouver. Uh, what what's really working for for Kava this year? Well, you know,
4: it's uh, the first thing is that uh, compared to the previous season when he was here he didn't have any any physical problem any injuries uh, last year he he battled uh the entire year with uh problem with the knee problem with the quad problem with the hamstring and uh, and for a player like him uh, that is uh that he exudes power uh, at every moment uh being 100 uh, f- uh, percent physically it's really important the second thing i would say it's like uh he has the extra motivation because, of course, he wants to be part of the World Cup at the end of the year, and so he knew that uh, he had to play a big role in the club if he wants to be called by by John Herdman for the for the World Cup. And I think that that uh, fueled him uh, to to be even more a leader uh, in the group and to and to do the extra mile. So we uh, we actually he, he embraced everything this season. He he's working. Uh, um, 150% and uh, I'm really happy that he's having a good season.
2: Now, now how do we get him to take fewer yellow cards, Vanny? (laughs) (laughs) It's,
4: uh, it's hard. We tried a lot. And to be honest, uh, he had a lot at the beginning and now it was few games that he wasn't having yellow card. I, I said last night that at some point you need to accept everyone, uh, sometimes for the little flow that he, that he has, we'll need, we'll continue working with him. But, uh, it's uh, it's part of his game. This fighting spirit. This uh, always being in, kind of in the face of the opponents and uh, and try to uh, win balls uh, at every time that uh, bring him some time to be uh, restless and to be I would say too much. <laughs> and uh, but uh, so in, in in some way we need to accept it.
5: Uh, so without uh, Cavallini available, what's the plan up top at striker against the Galaxy this weekend?
4: Well, we the the thing is that we also Brian White, our the other number nine that we have, is out because he he has uh, against Nashville a week and a half ago. He took a hit and uh, he has a problem on his, on his rib at the moment, so he's going to be out for the, uh, this week too. So. We will see. We have uh, to send Ricketts and uh, we'll probably integrate him with, uh, with some young guys from, from, the, from the second team. Uh, we, again, we have Simon Becher, we have uh, uh, Easton Ongaro, we have Emiliano Brienza. They're, they're all doing a very good, good, uh, good season with the second team. Uh, to be honest, I haven't taken the, the final decision yet, but uh, at least one of these guys will, uh, will make the trip to, to Los Angeles.
2: You know, uh, I I did have the best goals to minutes ratio in my, on my high school team back in the day, Vanny. So if you, if you need an extra bench player, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you.
4: Yeah. That's that's no problem. Uh, if, if you guarantee quality over quantity, I I can use you for five minutes.
2: (laughs) Sounds great. You guys have made uh, some, some really big additions to the course of the season, you know, Kubas and, uh, Julian Gressel, even Alessandro Schupf coming in last week. Um, Gressel, I felt like last week Gressel really started to to show his his quality. Is he is he getting more comfortable with the squad now?
4: Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's uh, uh, you need a a little period of adaptation every time that you come into a different team. Uh, it's different way of playing, different demands. Uh, the coach asks you to do maybe a slight different task. Uh, so I would say that uh, the first two weeks there were kind of uh, hard for him, and uh, but he is a, is a worker, he, he asks questions constantly, he really wants to be helping the team at any time, and uh, I agree with you, last week I, I think that we saw the reason why the club uh, uh, signed him and made an important investment on him, because uh, he was, I think, his best performance, both defensively and offensively.
5: And with Alessandro Schopf coming in, and you know, I know he's still getting up to full fitness right now. Could he be an option as a substitute this weekend? And, and what do you uh, what do you expect to him to bring to the team on the field when he is able to uh, to get into the game?
4: Yeah, in terms of um, fitness, yes, he's getting there. He's training full with the uh, with the team. Is uh, he did like uh, five or six training? So at the end of the at the end of the week, he will add like uh, eight or nine training. So. Normally in preseason, those are the amount of training that you have uh, in order to play the first inter squad for 20-30 minutes. So we will bring him on the bench on uh, on Saturday for sure, and uh, uh, we'll see uh, if we if we'll use him uh, or, or not. But uh, I would say from next Saturday, it's uh, it's gonna be ready to go. Uh, in terms of quality, you know, Alessandro brings. Uh, I would say two things in my opinion. The first thing is the capacity of uh, to press and attack the space. He's a very dynamic player and he's fast in the first 10-15 uh, meters. He has a great acceleration. And then the second team is the capacity of uh, playing forward when we have the ball. is uh, a is a player that uh, is not. Uh, He's not scared, and he has the quality to play those passes in uh, in between lines and to play the forward passes that uh, to be a midfielder is actually a, a really good quality, so we hope that uh, it's going to be ready to to play a part as soon uh, as soon as, as, soon as it can.
5: And Vanny, you know, you mentioned earlier that hopefully the the big comeback victory against Houston could be a turning point of the season. And you're really in a spot now where fighting to make the playoffs and every match for the rest of the season is is a big match. And starting with uh, this weekend against LA, what has your message been to the team as you enter this final part of the season, needing to go on a really impressive run to to make the playoffs? Well, the
4: the message is pretty clear that uh, it's basically that we're already in the playoff. If you look at the next games, we have uh, LA, then we have Colorado, then we have Salt Lake, then we have Nashville again, and they're all teams that are within uh, uh, three points because we're going to play Colorado and, and LA, same point as us. Uh, uh, Nashville has three points more than us. Salt Lake at the moment, five points more than us, but they're in fourth place. So I would say that they're all big games and uh, during the season, to be honest, we always performed uh, perfectly in, in uh, in big games like uh, LAFC here at home, uh, Dallas, Toronto at home in the league, uh, all the cup games, the final against Toronto. So I think that we need uh, that sparkle to, uh, let's say, perform well. We always responded very well when we are under pressure. So I think that we should embrace the pressure and uh, not hide from them. And, uh, Realize that uh, um, it's feasible. Uh, we are, at, at the moment, we have the same exact points that we had at the, at, uh, after the same exact games last year. And last year we did it. So we can do it the, this time too.
0: That was Vanni Sartini, Vancouver Whitecaps manager on the morning show with Dan Riccio and Jamie Dodd this morning. Halford and Bruff in the morning. No Halford and Bruff. Riccio and Dodd. This morning and for catchy for tomorrow as well. Riccio and Dodd. Uh, But yeah, the Whitecaps play this weekend on Saturday in LA against the galaxy. Should be fun to watch. Uh, Whitecaps do need to go on a bit of a run to make the playoffs. But like Vanny just said, after the same, at the same point last season, after the same amount of games, they had the same amount of points and they made the playoffs. So see if they can do it again. Uh, Thanks for listening today. Coming up next is the People Show with Satyar Shah and Randeep Janda. This has been Sportsnet today with me Josh Elliott Wolf and producer Ben Bazran. We'll be back again at some point. Uh schedules, they change often. So A lot. not sure but when. We'll be back. We'll be back. <laughs> we still work here. We will be back. Uh that's going to do it for Sportsnet today. This has been Josh Elliott Wolf and Ben Bazran on Sportsnet 650.